Diary of a Detuber. It is the 2nd of January, 2022. We have entered in fully into the new year. Everyone seems to be somewhat excited about it. And uh, we got a lot of videos and we have a lot of posts and just a lot of new year wishes. And um, But we're going to get right into this. Um, there's no need for me. I'm not going to oh, take a look at uh, 2021 or the highlights of 2021 or my predictions for 2022. We're just going to keep on keeping on with um, the original D2Bean as an original D-Tuber. Today we have the Genesis Septlog. Uh, <clears throat> we have D2 Bites, but Bites Bite Back. <laughs> and we have quality content versus casual content. You'll have to forgive my voice. My voice is strained. Obviously, New Year's Eve, we had a ball. And a lot of yelling, a lot of chanting, a lot of um, not not New Age chanting. <laughs> the kind of rah-rah wildness screaming chanting uh we had a lot of fun but as a result i have um, lost a good bit of my voice which i am gaining back now so if you're hearing a little bit of a raspiness that guy i got that barry white thing going on <laughs> so yes we have the genesis septilogue i am very happy to announce that the one love community and in particular dookie has uh given me the opportunity to start building up the septologs and building up the concept because I'm, I'm building from the ground up. Yes, there is a concept that I uh, borrowed this idea from known as the octologs, but I want to uh, re-envision it in such a way that it becomes beneficial, hopefully beneficial for the One Love community. And if it is successful with the One Love community to present it to the DTube community as a way of better organizing ourselves into uh as dookie put it teams uh it's it's you know it's wonderful when you start dialoguing with people about ideas because then they start putting their ideas and they, they start putting their words on the table and um yes essentially septologues are essentially about team building um but the concept however takes the idea that teams should be small groups and Within those small groups, it should be universally um, accepted that those seven, because the septilogue is made up of seven people, that those seven people have a mutual agreement about what it is that they are going to work on, what it is that the rules of the game are going to be. Uh, game is in quotes. But the, the Genesis septilogue has kicked off. Um, there's myself. There is Will Jaman 76, Matthew. And there is Dookie as well, but um, Dookie hasn't been fully confirmed um, because, well, not not fully confirmed. It's not a question of confirmation. Wilgerman was the first to say, hey, man, why don't we bring Dookie in? And then um, uh, I responded saying, well, you know, that depends on Dookie because building a septilogue, building a team is not simply about choosing a certain number of people and then taking off from there. It's about having goals. Now, one of the uh, terms that Dookie used was team leader, something that I had thought, something that I had thought about staying away from, because in the original concept, there's this idea of an egalitarian kind of group where everyone is equal. Now, I, surely I believe in equality, 
But let us be clear about something. When someone is pioneering something in life and, and that person attracts, especially if that person is a charismatic person, and you attract people into what it is that you have envisioned, then you have to take on a kind of, if you don't want to call it a leadership role, then a guiding role. Because look, when it comes to Septologues, uh, you know, I'm the one that's pushing this forward. It, the Septologues are churning in my mind. Now they're churning in Wilgerman's mind. Now they're churning in, in Dookie's mind. But the, the one who's really uh, got the original vision and then gets help from other people that person is myself. So in a certain, in a certain sense, Dookie was correct in saying that, you know, um, these groups should have team leaders and the team leader of each of these septologues would be the person who envisions that septologue. Now, the Genesis septologue is just that it's the first septologue. It's been put up on one love. Um, we have three people in it at the moment. Now, uh, I still need to communicate with Dookie in private because the septologues have, um, the way I see septologues, I'd like to see them as much as possible that the information gets shared publicly. But within the private setting, there is a need also for private things to be discussed between the people. So there's kind of like, there's the, the, the part where the group decides on certain things that they feel are important. They may vote on certain things. They may have certain discussions that are not really, um, they're not really for the public because look, when you build a septilogue, you're building up a conversation between people who have a mutual respect for one another. You know, we're talking about manners. We're talking about the ability to, to agree to disagree but we're talking about people who are going to get to know each other and in getting to know each other, then what gets addressed amongst those people is something that then is going to require the communication between those people. And, you know, you have different characters, you have different personalities that fly back and forth. And so within your septilogue, and what I'm saying, your septilogue is because... I would like to see other septologues get built based on the guidelines that I'm putting out. And then each group will um, hopefully find their own path by checking out this Genesis example and then saying, oh, okay, I kind of get it. So I want my septologue to be about this, this, and this. Generally, what you, a septologue is begun in a monologue with the person who wants to be, quote unquote, the team leader. Because they have some goals and things and, and goals they want to set, projects they want to work out, um, problems that they want to resolve. And then within the, the septilogue, you're going to need people who can help you with those. But then at the same time, you need to be available for what it is that those people would like to get out of the septilogue. Because when you have seven people in a group, everyone brings talents, resources, insights. They bring all of these things to the table. And in exchange, there has to be a kind of reciprocity. Um, Dookie calls it um, a value for value. I call it uh, the principle of reciprocity. And, um, and it's also based on the idea that, you know, where someone can come with resources, maybe another person doesn't have a lot of resources, but they have talents or they have insights. So everyone brings what they can, what it is that they feel can be a value. And then we all work on 
the the goals, the projects, and the problems that need to be resolved. So the the way I'm envisioning it at the moment, in order to enter into a Septalog, you have to be voted in unanimously. So um, uh, Will Jaman and myself, we're okay with Dookie, so Dookie comes in. In order for a fourth person come in to come in and create a quadrilogue, because we're going monologue, dialogue, trilogue, quadrilogue, uh, pentalogue, hexalogue, and, and septalogue. Each person gets added in, and we're building up to a septalogue, because right now we're only a trilogue. Um, so if we develop into a quadrilogue, if we have four people come in, then we have to unanimously vote that person in. Why is that important? Not for democracy, but for the sake of getting along. If if one person in the group doesn't get along with another person in the group, then and and especially since the group is small, you know, when you have a large atmosphere like you know the DTube server, you know, people go in and they they can chat away, and and if you don't get along with certain people, well, you, you know, you don't have to respond to them. You can respond to many other people. But when you have a closed group and there's only seven of you then it is very important that the seven people really do are, are able to get along. So if someone is being suggested to enter into the Septalogue, if there is an, a unanimous decision, decision to have that person come in, then, you know, the person doesn't come in because you need to create an atmosphere in which all seven people can genuinely get along, agree to disagree, and and respect one another and have good manners towards one another. So in my vision right now, I, I'm putting out the guideline that in order to enter into the Septalogue, you have to be voted in unanimously. That also includes the exiting. If a Septalogue decides or if someone within the group decides, listen, uh, we don't want this person in the Septalogue anymore. It has to be unanimous. You know, otherwise, if it's a personal gripe between two, hopefully it never gets to that. But, you know, if it's a personal gripe or if it's a, a petty issue, then it gets resolved. It gets talked out. Um, of course, anybody who wants to leave a septalogue, you just you go and then that opens up a space for another person to come in. Now, within the septalogue, what happens is all of the people who are in in the Septalogue. So right now we have myself, we have Matthew, Wiljaman, and we have Dookie. We all put ideas on the table of what we would like to do with the Septalogue based on what we know about each other and what it is that we can bring to the table, right? So I get, you know, here's a, a, a I do music, right? So I bring music to the table. I do smartcast, so I bring smartcast to the table. Um, maybe Dookie has more DTube coins than we do, so he can bring that to the table. Uh, Dookie does his own shows, and he can bring that to the table. You know, uh, Wiljaman does coding. Uh, Wiljaman plays a banjo. <laughs> we all bring those things to the table. And we all have something that we would like to work on now, ideally. We would want to think of something that benefits the entire group or that the entire group will be um, will be pleased to work on. And that's important. The pleasure of working on a project or a goal is important. And what we do is, is that and I haven't gotten to this phase yet, but we're, we're there. I mean, I've written it down on paper. I've written it down on paper. So um, 
uh, Will Jaman is working on D2 bytes for the alternative e economic system. Uh, he also has a SEPTA bot that he's working on. Um, I'm working on doubling my investment in DTC. I'm working on smart casting. And um, so these are all things that we would create as a list for this SEPTA log. What this SEPTA log would like to accomplish. And this list um, gets added to, it gets taken away from. But what happens within the SEPTA log is that the ideas get discussed. I mean... Um, Duke, I think he, he said within the Septilogue, he said that he would like to put on the table the One Love Curation. Okay, so that's his thing. And he obviously sees some role within, the, uh, some role for us to be able to help with that. Now, with each and every idea, a vote is cast to decide which one we want to work on. Which one is the most uh, the most exciting, uh, the most valuable, um, more importantly, the most exciting? Any um, projects, goals, ideas, or problems that get a unanimous vote get bumped up to the number one position. And there, <laughs> there's an obviousness there because if every if there's a unanimous vote for a project, a goal, a problem. Um, a unanimous vote means everyone will have the pleasure to want to work on it. So now let, you have another project, and that only gets six out of seven votes. Well, then that goes into second place. And obviously, you know, the further down you go uh, with the number of votes, um, you prioritize. And so the unanimous votes are the ones that take first place and take priority. So, so far... Between myself and Will Jaman, we decided on two things. There are more things, but we've decided on two things because I asked him, I asked him, what do you feel is the most important? And because I like all of them, I mean, there's just, there's the two of us now and now there's Dookie as well. And, um, he said that he wanted to put, prioritize the, the alternative ecosystem that we're hoping to be able to create and incorporate into D, D, into D memes. And then if the idea is enjoyable, maybe, or if it's an exciting idea, if it's an interesting idea, if do, if D2 wants to take it on, then we can kind of um, lay out the framework and then they can see what they would like to do with it. But we're building this alternative ecosystem with an alternative coin and, um, an alternative distribution system. It's, it's just, it's going to be interesting if we can actually pull this off. It's going to require obviously a lot of coding, um, but it's also going to require a lot of patience. And, but Will Jaman said, um, I want to put this as a priority and I, okay. And then I said to him, well, then I'd like to put as a priority, our doubling our efforts to double our DTC. And, um, so we agreed on that. So those are the priorities at the moment. Now, when you bring another person in, that person needs to know what we have already established as our priorities. That person needs to be given an opportunity to put um, his ideas on the table. And then we need to go back and revote and prior reprioritize to understand what it is that all three of us are genuinely excited about working on. And so um, this is the progress. But um, Dookie also wanted to step in and participate in this Genesis Septilogue because, um, yeah, he's into team building. So 
um, his he's getting direct experience by being in there with us, helping us evolve the idea and participating in what it is that it does so that then there is an opportunity for him to understand how to build his own septilogue. Now, having said that, I believe that each septilogue that gets created will have a team leader and that team leader is the initiator of uh, what that septilogue is going to be about. I believe that within a septilogue, each member should um, look to create their own septilogue if they so desire. So in other words, right now, Dookie finds himself in the Genesis septilogue, but Dookie has many other things that he wants to work on and many other people that he knows who he may feel would be able to uh, form a good team to work on particular things. And see, that's necessary because seven people can only do but so much. So let's say, for example, that uh, some of the stuff that Dookie would like to do is not that uh, strong of an interest for the Genesis Septlog. Then what Dookie would do is he would become the team leader and create his own Septilog. He would begin with himself jotting down uh, his ideas of what he wants to do, what he wants to accomplish, and that's his monologue. He does that on his own, and then he sets up the he sets up the 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 septilog within the One Love community, and finds his first person in order to be able to create a dialogue. I would highly discourage um, the idea of being parts of um, maximum two. <clears throat> you can be in two septilogs, one in which you are a member, one in which you are a team leader. I could go into another septilogue as a member because, you know, if I feel that what that group is doing, I can contribute something important to it, then I will come in, at, you know, I can come in as a member. But I would strongly encourage um, people to be part of just one septilogue. Um, and if you're not the team leader of that septilogue, if you come to a point where there are real, there are things that you would like to work on, then you form your own, you become your own team leader and you become the team leader of another septilogue. Now, that can be very important also for another reason. Let's say, for example, we're trying to work on some, well, you know, we're working on um, this uh, D2 bytes issue. And we may come to a point where um, Wiljaman needs his own group of coders. So what Wilgerman would do would would he would start his own septal he would remain in the Genesis septilog, but he would branch out and create his own septilog to deal more in a more concentrated way with maybe other coders, other programmers. You understand what I'm saying? So that if an issue gets to be to the point where the the septilog that is addressing that issue can't really get any further than what they've gotten, then that person who needs more support, who needs other members, who is not getting what he needs out of this septilogue would then create his own septilogue to address that issue. And then, of course, septilogues can be built up and then they can be disbanded as well. Um, a team leader can give up his position and have another team leader um, be, be, well, that would be kind of complicated, wouldn't it? <laughs> the original vision of a septilogue is um belongs to the to the to the person who envisions it but um I'm getting ahead of myself that's what's going on now 
I'm really terrible about writing things down. I know that somewhere I have to write down these guidelines. I can't just expect everyone to come in and listen to my smart cast because I don't know who's listening and who's not listening. But gradually as we go along, I would like to put these guidelines out there. So, so far we have the Genesis Septilog. If other Septilogs get created, then uh, Dookie's saying that within the One Love community, there will, there will be a category to have all of these Septilogs be, be hosted. Um, now, mind you, um, I think that this could create something very valuable for the One Love community as well as the DTube community. Because when you have a lot of people, um, a lot... A lot of the channels, if you think about it, a lot of people really don't participate because maybe they have something that's on their mind and then, you know, they might uh, put it into one of the channels and then maybe one person, maybe nobody comes along and responds to that insight or responds to that issue. So the person feels discouraged in continuing to want to dialogue. Whereas if you have small groups, then you have the concentration of people who are going to be there to be able to respond to you. So within the Septilog, if I go in and I write, guys, look, there's, there's this issue, there's this problem with this and that, I know that pretty much by the end of the day, within 24 hours, you know, we're going to have some responses in there. So it's a great place to be able to have people who want to engage more in conversating and in sharing ideas by having them all grouped together into small closed groups and only the people who are part of the Septilog, the seven people, can comment in those groups uh, and the people on the outside can read about what's going on in a particular group. And remember, um, Septilogs can be about anything. Um, obviously, we want to orient towards the growth of One Love, the growth of DTube. And, uh, but, you know, hey, um, somebody can create a Septilog on, on uh, how to create recipes for for videos, I mean, you, you know, you get a group of people who like to cook and they want to make videos about the food that they cook. You know, just little simple ideas like that. You know, Septilog where uh, you have all coders in there and you talk about code. Um, so that's the general idea. Now, um, D2 bites, but bites bite back. I always like to come up with these kind of uh, quirky titles. So... The alternative ecosystem that we are trying to envision and develop for D-Memes, and my hopes is that it's for D-Tube as well, because if the, if D-Tube, if the D-Tube leaders and the D-Tube developers like the idea, then obviously if it works, if we get it to work on D-Memes, then it's obviously going to uh, be of interest to those who may want to incorporate it into D-Tube, but first we have to demonstrate that it works. Now, what we're doing, I believe, if I understood Will Jamand correctly, because uh, building up D-Memes is going to take quite some time. We're interested in this economic part of it. So what I asked Will Jamand to do was to um, just basically create a very simple website in which um, we enter the names of the accounts of the people who want to participate in the developing of this. Now, at this moment, it's just myself and Wilgerman. I don't know. Uh, Dookie doesn't know much about this at the moment. But what we wanted to do was we want to create an alternative ecosystem in, a, in which we can bring in other coins. And those coins 
um, would uh, become influence tokens. There's a way that I envision in which uh, D2, uh, in which an external coin can be brought into the system. And mind you, this will also benefit D2 because I haven't written this all out, but I have it kind of envisioned and I've been working on this for a long time. Uh, I've tried to put this out there in, in other ways, but it is really complicated for someone who is not a programmer. And so, um, I can conceptualize it. I can explain it to people. But as Wiljaman said, he has to figure out in his mind and with his ability to program within the languages that he programs to find a way to put this into code. So um, D2 bites, but bites bite back because when I went to go purchase, see, Wiljaman already downloaded the wallet, so he's getting familiar with that. Um, I went and onto Ionomy and, and, and I've said this in the past, I chose Bytes because it's an inexpensive token. It's an inexpensive coin. It's on Ionomy and the market is very full. I mean, it's a very, I mean, it's a very full market. I mean, there's, there's millions, millions of tokens, um, uh, to be bought and sold. So I, I got me some tokens because I said, okay, well, Jaman is going to set this up and we're going to start working on this. I'm going to need some bytes. Uh, I went to go check to see the withdrawal fee and it's 500 tokens. That is crazy. That's crazy. Absolutely crazy. So, um, fortunately bytes is simply what we're going to test this with. Uh, bytes was just something because I definitely would like to see other tokens, but we wanted to grab a token that is inexpensive. Um, but I had no idea that, that bites for real, that, that is, um, I mean, you purchase, I purchased 900 tokens. I, I have to give up 500 of those just to withdraw. I mean, that's absurd. Um, and I, I looked into the bytes blockchain and it's very interesting because it's based on delegated proof of stake. I never heard of it. Um, there's trillions of them, trillions of tokens out there. I don't really know what they hope to do with it, but I found it really strange that these, the people who set up the Bytes blockchain, um, they're using the delegated proof of stake protocol. And anybody who's using the, a delegated proof of stake protocol obviously knows a little bit about the history. And you know that there are no fees. There are no fees on Steam, there, you know, to transfer. There's no fees on Hive. There's no fees on, uh, what is BitShares, um, EOS, um, they have fees now on Blurt, but I believe that they did that in order to, uh, try to tackle the abuse issues as well as, uh, they, they also did it because they knew that the coin was going to be very abundant. So anyone who is genuinely blogging will have no problem paying those fees. But um, so far, I was disappointed with that withdrawal fee, but we're going to work around it. And as I said, the Bytes blockchain is just simply going to be used at the moment for testing and building up of this idea. Afterwards, any other coin can be used. I'm actually looking at Ion because obviously if we're going to work with Ionomy, then it would be great. I mean, uh, we're, we're, fami we're familiar with Ionomy and uh, Ionomy is an awesome exchange because we have Blurt, Hive, Steam, DTube, all on the same platform. Um, I mean, all on the same, in the same market space. So that's very useful, extremely useful. 
And so uh, the fact that Ionomy has its own token would be interesting in the future to see if we can get that token to become an influence token within this system that we're working on. So essentially this system is a way of bringing another coin in to be able to reward one another. It's going to be very different from the traditional model that we're used to in which uh, coins are printed up based on the, the, the kind of proof of brain concept where we are uh, posting stuff up and then there's a distribution of coins. Um, in this ecosystem, excuse me, in this ecosystem, uh, the coins are not printed within the system. The coins come externally. They come from the outside. They come from another blockchain. But I have envisioned the way in which you can create, take that coin, bring it into the system, and then convert it, make it into, make it into a, an influence token that then can be distributed on the posts. Um, and it's going to take some time to build that up. I'm not going to get deeply into that now. I, I can, what I can say now is that, um, I've asked Will Jaman if he can do that. Let's take that simple step. I like to take simple steps and then uh, look at those steps, reflect on them, and then see what can be the next step. So for now, something very simple, uh, a website that shows, you know, uh, your DTube account, how much DTC and voting power, and your bytes account and how many byte coin, how many bytes you have within your wallet. And then once he pulls that off, then we can go into the next step and I can explain to him how I envision um, making those coins, turning those coins into an influence token by doing a kind of a power up um, similar to what we have in the other uh, blockchains. But the challenging part about that is where we are going to store the information. Ideally, what I would like to do or what I would like to see happen is that the information gets stored on the Avalon blockchain, just like D memes. Um, but I don't know if Wiljaman is ready to do that or is prepared to do something like that. Because obviously, if you are able to store information on the blockchain, then you resolve the issue of the back end. I think if I understand, if I understand front end and back end, um, you know, you need to have a place where information is stored and then that information is retrieved so that you can get the display, whatever's being displayed on the front end. So ideally, the ideally, the information would be stored on the blockchain and then retrieved from the blockchain onto the front end. But we'll see what Wilchman is able to come up with. And um, I will let you know. When I know, you'll know. Obviously, a lot of these things will now start to be written about within the Genesis Septilog. So if you go into the um, One Love Discord, you will see the Genesis Septilog in the community section. And we will be writing about what it is that we're we're doing with these um, with these different projects and goals that we're setting Quality content versus casual content. Well, you know, kicking off the new year, it's time for some newness. Um, uh, we got the, the, I've got this whole newness now that I'm working from DTube onto the four, uh, onto these four platforms. But, you know, um, 
I like to actually go onto the platforms because I start to get curious. So I'm curious about Blurred. I'm curious about what's happening on Hive. And and this has been a long-standing issue ever since the beginning of this kind of platform. The idea that we can judge quality content. And it's a mantra. It's become somewhat of a mantra over the years. And I think a lot of people have gotten tired of it because you can. It's very subjective. We still use the term, yes, please put up quality content. But um, I believe that that concept has failed. So we should look more towards the social. We should look more towards this being a social media platform with a rewarding system. And that we should behave as if we are on a social media platform and not sit here and think to ourselves that we actually have the capability to be able to determine what is quality content and what is not. Each and every individual is going to determine for themselves the kind of content that they like or dislike. Each person is going to determine for themselves who they want to follow and who they don't want to follow. Um, there are people who get voted on simply because... You like the author. You like the content creator. You know, I don't read everything I vote on because remember, we're dealing with blockchain. I mean, especially on Steam, I have so many auto votes going on. I don't even know who I'm voting on because I'm just that's that's farming. I'm just farming to get me some extra uh get me some extra steam power so that when I vote on other people that that I genuinely like. I can give them a better vote. You know, that's the purpose of building up your influence token. So this idea that we can, that we're chasing quality content is ridiculous. And so we need to think about casual content. Well, at least I'm thinking about casual content. Now, this was brought up by, um, this was brought up by what's up a long time ago when the steam hive split took place. And we had this discussion on steam it as to, well, you know, what about casual content? Why not get away from this idea that we can, that we have to sit here and uh, determine whether something is quality content, whether we should downvote it or upvote it. And, and I remember when the hive situation first took place, I remember there were people that were saying there were, there were people who were going into the trending page and simply downvoting anyone who was up in the trending page because they said, we got to bring down the value of these posts. You know, that's you know, that's ridiculous. I mean, what if it was, you know, these could have been really, really good posts, right? But the person was saying, let's just downvote the hell out of them so that we can kind of start setting a measurement of uh, how much a good post should get or shouldn't get. It's just, it never worked, people. It really didn't work. I mean, Dan Larimer and Ned Scott obviously sat down, tried to think this through as best they could try to envision it in the most optimistic and enthusiastic way, but it didn't work. It just didn't work. And I keep repeating myself on this because you cannot determine quality content, especially if you're going to be determining quality content based on a monetary figure, right? So try to imagine, uh, you know, the New York times and, and the Washington Post and, you know, these people are in competition with one another. So it's obvious that one's going to say, no, mine is quality content. Yours is fake news. And the other one's saying, no, no, no mine is quality content and, and it's worth more. The historically, historically, value was determined 
by the audience. So a writer writes a book, that book gets sold. If it makes it to the bestsellers list, then you're a good author. But you're only a good author to the people who actually read your book. Because even if you sell a million copies, you know, if you sell a million copies in the United States and there are 350 million people, well, guess what? Uh, 349 million people didn't read your book, <laughs> didn't value your book. So the idea that we can place a value on content is ridiculous. We can personally do it. I can value a person because I value that person because I like that person or I like that author or um, I can value a person's post or the person's work or the person's content. But the idea that um, we can create a system in which we can definitively decide what is quality content or not based on a monetary value doesn't work. So I'm getting into some casual content. Now, you know, I've created Steam links and I've been doing Steam links for a long time now. So what I've decided to do now, I have Hive links, I have Blurt links. I'm going to post up something. I'm going to post up the guideline for creating um, uh, Blurt links, just like I did on uh, just like I did on Steemit. Um, I'm going to offer that up to the Blurt community because I think they'll really like that. I can see that the Blurt community is more into casual content. Uh, the Hive community, much less so. I can I can assure you that they're not going to like this idea. <laughs> they're not going to like. Well, not everyone. But um, those who are ideal, ideologically fanatic about their blockchain because it belongs to them, well, they're not going to like this casual content. So I got some nice 80s music going for them and I got some nice uh, hive links that will be posted up. So I'm really big into casual content. And why? Well, look, on social media, when you share links of articles you like, when you share memes, when you share photos, when you share music, you're sharing a part of yourself. You're sharing your part of your identity. You're creating a profile in which those who follow you are getting an idea of what you are like, what you're into. And so the casual content is important to mix in. So, you know, I like to put up music to let people know what kind of music I like. I, you know, I love R&B. I love the hits from the 80s. I love 60s music. Um, and I read a lot of different links from a lot of different, whether it be Natural News or Off Guardian or Global Research. There's a lot of interesting articles that I come across and I like to share those. And that gives people an idea when they come into my profile what I'm all about, the kinds of things that you can conversate with me about and comment about and we can dialogue about, you know, having the idea that you can only post up quality posts and they're long and, you know, and their, and their grammar is correct and the spelling is correct. And, you know, that's not, that's, you know, that's great. That's fine. That's, you know, I mean, I'm sitting here, I'm doing this diary of a detuber. This is my original content and I'm putting a lot into it. It's taking a lot of time. You know, this isn't casual, grab a link, throw it in and that's it. You're gone. You know, I have to take the time to come up with these topics. I have to say I have to take the time to sit here and record these. And then I have to uh, work this video. I have to render the video. I have to put it up on anchor so that the podcast goes out into the podcast world. And then I have to put it up. You know, I have to put some work into getting this original content to you, you know. But in the meantime, hey, I, you know, I, I throw uh, an article from global research your way to let you know what kind of stuff I'm into. 
what kind of stuff I'd like to dialogue about, what kind of information I believe is valuable for the people who are following me. And then, you know, I might throw a song out there. Um, casual content is the way to go. And I believe that, um, I believe that blurt is going to be, uh, is going to be at the forefront of really creating, um, a, a more of a social. See, because the token costs so little, then there's not this big fuss about, oh, the price and this and that. And, you know, there's no blurt dollar. There's just your token, your blurt power so that it becomes an influence token. And then you go on, you know, there's no down votes. So you go on and you can be casual. You can be comfortable with sharing yourself making it more of a blogging experience, a social media experience, I, I meant to say, as opposed to a blogging. It has the blog. It is a blog. But it is also a place where people build up personal profiles. And in your personal profile, that casual content helps people to understand what you're all about. So there you have it for today. We are in the new year. Thank you very much for taking the time to listen. And thank you, everyone, for the wonderful support that I have been getting so far. Um, I'll be I'll be back with you very soon with other smart casts and uh, plenty of casual content. <laughs>